Maximum Health with your host, Dr. Ken Gray. With over 20 years in healthcare, Dr. Gray is a doctor of oriental medicine and holistic physician fusing Eastern and Western healing. Dr. Gray is on staff at Jupiter Medical Center and in private practice with an office in Jupiter, Florida, where he resides. Dr. Gray enjoys being a physician as well as being an educator. His unique approach to holistic healing has taken him abroad to lecture in Baden-Baden, Germany, and treat sports professionals in Hawaii and Biarritz, France. He is co author of several books on food therapy and the founder of the annual Star Summit Talks at the Norton Museum of Art in Palm Beach, Florida. Now it's time for Maximum Health with Dr. Ken Gray. Welcome back, everyone. This is Maximum Health Radio, quality living with yours truly, Dr. Ken Gray. Thank you for joining us. We appreciate your support. Um, and as always, we have wonderful guests with us. Today in the studio, we have Miss Bubbly. <laughs> So famous in these parts, and and now, well, many parts, because um, we met many years ago, and uh, founder, creator of uh, Turtle River Montessori, and um, I was fortunate enough to be directed to her uh, and was one of their first or their first art teacher. Yes, indeed you were. So, yes, many years ago. And um, so we were talking the other day, and it says, you know, let's, let's talk about this. Let's talk about current state of education, um, how it's grown, how it's changed, um, the Montessori method, mm-hmm. uh, investing in our children, how important that is, you know, the generations now, generations to come, we, I don't think we are giving enough attention to education, that's something I'm, I've done many shows on and I will continue to do because I really truly believe you know, even with my children, I says they say, "Oh, Dad, this is so nice. Oh, thank you for this, you know, vacation, or thank you, for, like, get your education, because <laughs> one day you will have to do these things." That's exactly and right. Without it, it's very near impossible. Yes. Um, yes. You know, so the Montessori method, Bubbly, mm-hmm. tell us a little bit about. Now, the Montessori method is named after Dr. Maria Montessori, who was an Italian physician. Mm -hmm. She was from Rome and was very interested in young children and did a lot of research, a lot of brain research on how children develop. Mm -hmm. Um, She came up after a lot of experimenting in 1907, the very first Montessori school was born in Rome. And her philosophy basically was very simple, very organic, very natural. Um, She said that the younger the child, uh, the more hands-on concrete work they need to do Mm -hmm. because their neural pathways are not yet developed enough to learn abstract concepts. So she went ahead and designed hundreds of materials that would teach them any concept that there was to be learned, be it geometry, be it geography, be it math or language and cultural subjects. It was incredible what she designed because we still use it. And this is over a hundred years later, all over the world, Montessori schools are still using those hands-on lessons, uh, which are designed very aesthetically, very beautifully with natural materials. There, There's never any plastic, it's always wood and 
and it calls the child. It's beautiful. The, the environment is also prepared very carefully so that the lessons are placed in certain ways in in a way where there's a sequence of learning and as they master one concept then they go to the next material which is the next concept that they need to learn um, so that's one of the things the other thing is that what she believed was that and and we all know that to be true that Every child has their own timetable of development. And how do you serve every child in the environment if you're teaching them all the same thing at the same time? Wow, yeah. So she created an environment that had a three-year age span. Every classroom in Montessori has a three-year span. In other words, you can have a three-year-old, four-year-old, and a five-year-old in the same classroom. The next program is six to nine-year-olds. The program after is nine to 12 years old. And this is how it goes all the way up to high school. Right. Uh, there are not that many, but there are a few that still uh, use the Montessori method. So the mixed age group helps in keeping the classroom fluid and allowing the children to move at their own pace. Mm -hmm. um, if they are advanced in a certain area, they will be working with those advanced materials. The, if they are not really there, they will be where they are. What comes from this is no child has to wait for the rest of the class to catch up and be bored. And no child has to feel that they are behind because all they know is they are where they are. And that leads to a very whole self-esteem because the job of the directors, directresses, we, that's what we call our teachers, the guides and the directresses, is that they want to make sure they're steering the children towards experiences that are only successful mm, wow. when they're young. Yes. The younger they are, the more careful you have to be that you don't steer them beyond their potential. and have them experience failure because they're not yet ready with the wherewithal to deal with failure. And as they get older, yes, you challenge them and you show them that it's okay to fail and that it's almost important to fail. If you're not failing, you're not working hard enough. And you can't correct. Exactly, and you can't correct. So, so it sounds, you know, th this very much sounds like this was developed holistically. Mm -hmm. with a precision element to it. Just exactly. like we are working now to engage healthcare mm -hmm. of all levels, this is a healing element of education, right? So, so we're looking at a situation where, yes, with children, it's always better to bend the branch than to break it, yes. right? So when they're young, you can bend the branch just like a plant. When they're older, you kind of have to break it, and it's obviously too late most of the time because yes, they well may not said. survive the breaking. Mm -hmm. However, what I'm hearing is that you also, when the bending is being done, you're steering them all to the sunlight. Yes. Um, but the pathway to that sunlight is different depending on the child. Yes, it's right. different, and it, it sort of honors their own trajectory. Right. You, you are uh, creating an environment where 
you're allowing the children to become who they are destined to become mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. without imposing yourself on it yeah. on them it's um it's also you know to me personally uh it's the most beautiful combination of the scientific and the spiritual huh. because the the approach to the child is deeply spiritual in that we want to nurture them they we want to nurture their spirits we want to make sure that they have a realistic and a whole sense of self and are comfortable with the fact that they also have challenges yeah. but bring their attention to the fact that they have so many beautiful gifts that others don't we each have our gifts and we each have our challenges so once they become accustomed to being comfortable in their skins because they are okay with their challenges and they know all they have to keep doing is working yeah. on them yeah. but they need to celebrate their gifts so philosophically i get it i hear it and and for those of you just tuning in or tuning in a little bit later we are with uh, bubbly dandaya mrs bubbly dandaya um the head of school for turtle river montessori and and so what we're talking about thus far is the philosophy and idea and creation of the Montessori method. However, there is a significant difference between, obviously, institutions. Yes. Right? So institutions are created based upon the people that... Who are leading them. Leading them. Sure. And as head of school, and my experience in watching Turtle River Montessori grow to this mm-hmm. significant institution on a national level, but mm-hmm. located... Mm-hmm in my backyard in, mm-hmm. in Jupiter, Florida, mm-hmm. um, from a early stage school to incorporating middle to all the way to high school. How, what drew you to embrace this method? Learn, you know, first of all, be aware of it. It entered your universe. Then you decided that this was part of your mission in life and then to create the school and then to fulfill its destiny of becoming a full. Sure. So give us that. Yes. that. It's very interesting. It was almost serendipitous how it came about. I have a master's in English and I have taught English at the university level. Um, why? And my husband and I have traveled a lot and lived in many different countries. and. Uh, we moved from India when we first got married to Africa and then we lived in Europe and then we came to the United States. And I happened to meet someone who worked at a Montessori school and who asked me to come visit because she thought I would enjoy seeing what it has to offer. And I immediately just fell in love with it. The environment seemed so beautiful, peaceful, nurturing, unconditionally respectful to the child. And it was devoid of any stress. It felt like there was nothing in that environment that would shut their minds down. Um, And I felt at some point in my life, once I have children, I didn't have children at the time, that I will have my children experience it. So once I had my children, we moved down to Florida, I had my children and I decided to take the training. I uh, felt that there was really no other way for my children to be educated. I was so convinced and impressed by it. And I tried three different Montessori schools uh, in in a radius of 
20 miles. Eventually, I came to realize that they had a lot going for them, but they did not have the essence of the spirit and the approach to the child. The the technical stuff was very intact. The materials were there. The sure, classrooms sure. looked great. Every, the teachers were presenting the lessons nicely. But the, the energy was not what it should have been, mm-hmm. which is what led me to start my own little group of seven children in 1995 and it so happened all these were girls and they were all six to nine years old so it was the perfect age group and little did I know at the time that I would still be doing this 26 years later Mm -hmm. I uh, this is how I started I said let me give them a good beginning and as they get older we will transition them Um, it just sort of mushroomed from there into something I had never expected. And I would say that the only thing I did was I did not resist growth. Okay. I wasn't looking for it, yeah. but I didn't resist it. When the universe offered me a, a, uh, uh, an opportunity, yeah. I took it. Yeah. And, and so today we are at 280 kids and mm, we... Wow have two buildings uh, one of one building is for the preschoolers 18 months through five year olds and then the other building is for the older kids the idea that one could embrace such a, a method of education and then fulfill the goals that you have in 26 years um, obviously cannot be done alone Yes, absolutely right. so. Um, so I remember, you, you know, one of your right hands, <laughs> Miss yeah. Laney. Miss Laney. Wow, yes, yeah, that's Ms. a while. Laney, so I pulled yeah. that out of the She archive. retired, yes, yes yeah. or 12 years yeah, ago. She was at the front and she was kind of, you know, dealt with things. Yes. Right, and those things, that's what I want to talk about. So those things of education, those things of parenting, those things of children, mm-hmm. you know, you can have the most sound, wonderful ideas and ideals and, and, and like you said, materials and all mm. this. But at some point, there comes an issue of how do we impart this gift that we want to give to this section of the world, despite disciplinary needs despite lacking of um, proper parenting or home management, which is more prevalent these days than ever, I feel, because Mm -hmm. people are leaving it up to digital methods and distractions Mm -hmm. and everyone else but themselves. Mm -hmm. And sometimes the parents are just not equipped Mm -hmm. because they were never taught. Mm -hmm. So now you've got to deal with this and elevate them intellectually and, mm-hmm. and spiritually in a way. Mm-hmm. How, how do you recruit the right people? Right. How, how did you do that? And that is the biggest challenge I have, is to find the people who will carry this uh, philosophy into the classrooms. Mm. Um, and it took us a long time. Finally, when I find someone who has the spirit that would be who are naturally aligned to thinking this way philosophically and not controlling the child, not, you know, constantly directing the child and has a certain way of approaching the child, which is unconditionally respectful, I grab them. Now, the second challenge of my job is to sustain that 
position for them and make sure they're with us. Uh, and that's a lot of work, which has really worked out well for us. And most of our teachers have been with us for 10 to 20 years. Um, the second part of my job is to educate the parents, because unless the parents are walking the same path as we are, we're only doing half the job. So there are parent education nights every month for every program where we invite them in and we talk about how we handle discipline, how we make sure that the children are self-aware, how we get away from negative uh, discipline and punishment. We do not believe in punishing mm -hmm. in Montessori. We believe in giving them life skills mm -hmm. and the tools to deal with life without bringing negative attention to them. Right, right. How do you do that when there is a lack of it being maintained in the home? Do you engage the parents? Yes, and we have training for the parents as well. Uh, we use a certain method which is called creating conscious discipline, which is becoming aware of why you're behaving a certain way, what you need it. In fact, there's a very beautiful thing we use in our classrooms. It's called the time machine, and it's part of this conscious discipline training. It's a mat that goes on the floor, and two children, when they have a conflict, they stand on that mat, and the directions are written there, and it's initially you know, modeled by the teachers they go back in time and discuss what happened when before they had this conflict. What did I need? What did you do? How could I have handled it in a different way mm. where the where the results were better? Or, you know, getting the two children to understand the dynamic of what just occurred and how it can be handled differently. Right. And then they shake hands and wish, wish each other well and they go back into their classroom. Now sometimes the teachers will get on a, on a time machine with a child right. and, and say this is what happened. Now you're actually at a very young age training their minds to go back to uh, to really think through the yeah. choices they yeah. are making, I, I that's a beautiful idea. It's something that many adults don't even yes. take the time to do, mm -hmm. um, and you know, I, I, for some reason, I was um, my early stages was before my mom remarried was you know my biological dad and all of that you know it, it was in a violent home it was a uh -huh. um not because of my mother but because i had yeah. you know a yeah. generally mm -hmm. um violent mm -hmm. and 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 forceful mm. biological father mm -hmm. and so i think there was something to be said that when my mom remarried i had a dad that would sit down and treat me like a young adult yeah and so as I started to grow and interact with other people, because we always talked out things yes. and talked things out with me, yes. people would always say to me, and still to this day, they say, do you get upset? Don't you ever get angry? <laughs> you know, um, because I'm always trying to reason out things and yes. find both sides. Now, yes. of course, there's passionate moments yes, where things catch you off guard of and those course. things that are deeply offensive yes. to you can cause a, an uprise, Upris, right? Yes. But even then they say, you know, you're just not the, 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 the type of person I see. You don't really get angry. You know? yeah. So uh, do I get upset? Yes. But that time machine, right, that we're talking about, the pause, yes. the reasoning within yes. yourself, how could I have done better? How could I yes. have? That's something I learned early. 
That's beautiful. Right. That's and because of uh, that, who was using what sounds like yes, Montessori methods. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> right? and, and a mother, too. She would, you know, do the same things. Yeah. Son, you know, you know, give a second, you know, take a break. Yeah. This sort of this method of yes time machine yes. going back like what yes. could you have done could yes. we do this how can we change that you know in fact we have a very interesting thing also part of this uh, conscious discipline is we have every room has a very cozy corner it's yeah. called the safe space yes and the children are able to go there anytime mm -hmm. if they're feeling rattled or disturbed about something and they realize the need to isolate themselves for a while to regroup yes. they can go and sit there read a book there this it's a peace corner so re regrouping is huge it's very it's big. something again as adults we don't know when to regroup right we yeah. don't know how to pause and and in my patients i definitely try to instill that in each of my patients that are willing to hear and listen yes. is that it's okay to take five minutes to yourself, 10 minutes, 12 minutes. It doesn't have to, even a nap, a 12 minute nap is huge. Yes. 10 minutes, you know, because it resets. It re allows your brain, your heart, your body to reset. Um, but we are not taught to regroup. We are taught to power through. Yes. And in the powering through, we're generally taught to push against, uh, push against ourselves, yes. our own needs, mm -hmm. push against others, yes. almost like yes. everyone is challenging us. Yes. And even in health, Mm -hmm. It's almost like we're battling against mm -hmm. nature. We're mm -hmm. battling against the world. So this this continuous battle that most people are fighting is really within themselves. Right. But they're not taught that. And they're not taught to regroup and see how can I yes. improve in order to engage with the world in a different and better way. And, in, in you know, in other words, you need to have them learn how to self-regulate yes at a very early age mm. so much so that it becomes second nature beautiful so these children as they grow up and graduate you see them as very different kind of individuals mm. and um, we see we see the rewards of creating that kind of environment yeah. is a very fulfilling thing for all of us who work in this environment. I think we're very blessed and privileged yeah. to be able to do this kind of work. Now in closing, blessed and privileged leads me to one other thing. I know you used to, and I'm sure you still do fundraising. Yes. Quite a bit of it for scholarships. Yes. Yeah, because obviously there's a cost to yes. higher education in all levels. Yes. Um, I'm not sure that entering into this world and early education is not tremendously I, I, I should say I know it is tremendously more important than yes. the later stages it is you know people will spend more on college and sending their kids to Yale and Harvard all these things where yes. unfortunately you can graduate from there these days and never make a good successful yes. life because so the right. early stage was, was never missed. For, was missed. And it's, that's like a dropped stitch when you knit a sweater. <laughs> <laughs> Once you drop that stitch, it's yeah. very hard to go back and pick it up. And yeah. yes, the childhood, the early childhood education is crucial to the development of that individual. Right. And so you do offer scholarships for families oh, of, yes. of lower income. Absolutely. Um, obviously, it's limited. And hopefully there are other schools throughout the country that, you know, yes. also do this. Sort yes. Of, uh, and, and how would people get in touch with Turtle River Montessori? Um, we're located in Jupiter. We have two buildings. Uh, one, uh, you know, you basically call the school at 561-745-1995 uh, because 1995 was the year we started the school. Mm, beautiful. 
Um, and yes, well, you call and set up an appointment. Either it's a Zoom tour or it's a tour in person. Mm -hmm. And uh, we ask the children to come and spend a day with us to see how they respond to the environment. Mm -hmm. And uh, and we go from there. And their website? The website is turtlerivermontessori.com. Beautiful. Um, any virtual schooling available as of it, yet? It was mm -hmm. during the pandemic uh, time a year ago, mm -hmm. but we realized that no matter what you say, no matter how brilliantly you design it, it's not the same. Not the same as... So we have um, discontinued it, yeah. and fortunately we have been able to do everything in person, and we have a full school right Beautiful. now. Beautiful. Yeah, hands-on. Mm -hmm. Hands-on, exactly. Yes. Well, thank you, Mrs. Bubbly Dundaya, head of school for Turner River Montessori, a brilliant soul, a wonderful, loving person, and it's been a tremendous um, gift to me knowing you throughout the years. You've been an inspiration. Well, thank um, you very much. Yes, thank you. I cannot believe we had you at our school. <laughs> thank you. I'm delighted to see? be part. We'll see how far the education can go. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Even to the teachers. Even <laughs> Absolutely. All right. Yeah. This has been another Maximum Health Quality Living with your truly Dr. Ken Gray. If you've missed any portion of this show, it's available via podcasts and all podcast formats. Just look up Maximum Health Radio. See you next time.